You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in, everybody. It is so good to be back here on the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you get 15% off of your next order. I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun, and you can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you guys so much for coming back, being patient. I had to take a week off, rest after draft time. You know, that gets so crazy, but now I'm back and better than ever. And today is Kellen Mond Day. Obviously, like the biggest thing coming off of the draft. The first round pick, Darasaw, left tackle, great. It's all well and good. But the big thing is, did they just get their next quarterback in the third round? Is that is that what we're talking about here? So we're going to talk about Kellen Mond for most of the show today. First, there's a quick news thing. I want to make sure I don't forget. They signed a tight end, a technically undrafted free agent that we didn't get to in the undrafted free agent roundup last week. Should be the most recent uh, episode after this one. So go check that out if you want to hear about all the rest of the UDFAs. Uh, this one is Shane Zilstra, brother of Brandon, uh, the former Viking, which is nice. He was a tryout type guy last year. He didn't get drafted in 2020, but... All the tryouts were canceled because of COVID, so uh, he's kind of getting his next chance to be like a third-team tight end, you know, whatever. But yeah, he's a guy that is worth paying attention to, and a lot of people have gotten excited about some of the other undrafted free agents and stuff. We'll talk about all of them and their stories, of course, later on in the summer, but today is Kellen Mond Day. I want to dive into that central question, and that question is... Is Kellen Mond the next quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings? And how much does he challenge Kirk Cousins? There's a lot of people talking about like, yes, they finally got a quarterback. We finally, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. The Cousins era is almost over. And we have to have a pretty long conversation before I can meet you at that point. And hey, there's a lot of people that wouldn't even see, you know, the Cousins era as a tunnel you need to get to the end of. But this is not a conversation about Kirk Cousins, but rather a conversation about how Kellen Mond compares to Kirk Cousins. And when we you're evaluating quarterbacks, there are a lot of shortcuts that we use, and I want the theme of the day to kind of be to avoid those shortcuts. You know, he's a third-round quarterback. There's been a lot of third-round quarterbacks, you know, Mike Glennon and Ryan Mallett. Most of them kind of exist in that space of, like, kind of career backup, borderline starter, bridge quarterback as your rookie develops kind of guy, and so maybe Kellen Mond's career in the NFL is going to be like that, but Kellen Mond isn't Mike Glennon, and he's not Ryan Mallett, and he's not Charlie Fry, and on Jimmy Garoppolo, and all of these other kind of day two, 50 to 75 range kind of quarterbacks. He's Kellen Mond with his own unique set of skills and, and his own, uh, you know, unique kind of things he has to do before he can be a starting quarterback in the league. You know, you can kind of talk about him. Oh, he's a project quarterback. And I've seen a lot of that. Like, oh, well, he's a project. And in two years, that means, you know, if you can wait two years, then he'll be good. If you can get some time to develop, then he'll be good. And it's super not that simple. Some guys never develop. Some guys take longer to develop or less long to develop. Uh, you know, some guys just needed the right sort of scheme or the right sort of weapon, maybe. And the Vikings weapons are uh, 10 times what he was dealing with at, uh, at at Texas A&M. So maybe there's something, you know, there's a lot of different ways that somebody can be a project. So I am not satisfied with saying, ah, oh, he's a third round quarterback and he's a project. Maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. And the Vikings spent a third round pick on the home run swing. And that's, I think, 99% of what I've seen out there. I want to go a little bit deeper. And 
really engage with who Kellen Mond is. And I can tell you who Kellen Mond is, right? We can look at his tape, we can figure out who he is. And I can tell you who he has to be. And that is better than Kirk Cousins, right? He has to surpass Kirk Cousins to get on the field. So we can define who he is and we can define who he has to be. But whether or not he completes that journey is kind of anyone's guess. So for a little bit of help with this, and I wanted to kind of kick off the conversation by talking to somebody who's been covering Kellen Mond for Locked on Aggies. Cole Thompson, at Mr. Cole Thompson on Twitter, joined me to talk about Kellen Mond, and so we'll start there. So here's that. All right, everybody, so I'm here with Cole Thompson, who does Locked on Aggies, covering Texas A&M, has covered Kellen Mond, watched Kellen Mond for the last four years, right? So, Cole, thanks for, for stopping by. And so we got we to talk about this guy, this possible new future of the Vikings, right? Maybe this is the, the, the easiest way to do this is, Give me a, a pro player comp for Kellen Mond and why. So this is a little crazy, but the one that I think makes the most sense is when he was at his prime, Colin Kaepernick. It's a I've heard that one a lot, yeah. That, and, and there's a reason for it. It's not just because of he's a dual threat guy who is a little bit bigger, but it's because of his vision, his arm strength, and the way of his throwing style all reminds me of what number seven did in San Francisco during that amazing two-year run. When he was with John Harbaugh. Yeah, I do want to ask you about uh, Jimbo Fisher and the offense kind of schematically, because what I noticed when I was watching the AM footage I could get my hands on was a lot of similar reads to what the Vikings have asked Kirk Cousins to do just from like the style of progression. A lot of, I call them triangle reads. I know some, some people call them like Hank where it's that kind of inside out where you, uh, you know, squeeze down or like if the linebacker squeezes in the middle, then you go outside and like a, a high, low read. He gets a lot of credit for, he played in a pro style offense. Um, and I guess I'm just, is it, 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 am I wrong or is that kind of how that manifests? No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's very similar to what they ran. It was a lot of when Jamon Osborne was his number one receiver. So if you go back and watch a lot of 2019 film, it was actually in out a lot more. They would have Osborne be the first checked out option. If Osborne was open, it was an immediate connection. He always played inside the slot. He was always okay. So like uh, over the middle, then the side. He was always the over the middle. Uh, he ran about four routes. He ran in slant. Uh, button hook and he ran kind of like a sluggo route where you kind of go yeah. up you know, eight yards and then kind of break away. Yeah, like up the seam. Yeah, kind of like a seam. You know, he ran those were his four routes. But what they did was they allowed him to have a bigger receiver next to him in Kendrick Rogers, and that was in 2019, where he would be that vertical option. So you would work in to where if you couldn't get the ball out quick to Osmond, you would wait to go through your progression try to wait at least an extra second for Rodgers to beat the corner and try to get over the top. This past season, that was the thing that was really missing. He was one of these few guys who we talk about with the whole Justin Fields, oh, he's a first-read guy. No, he's not. He actually was in 2019. If Osmond wasn't open, nine times out of ten, he actually bailed. So it's interesting hmm. to see how, because of Osmond leaving, it actually opened up the offense a little bit more, even though his numbers kind of declined when you really break it down. Yeah, and it's kind of a traits versus production thing. Um, the only other thing that I, I want to just like check in with you as the A&M guy is uh, under center versus shotgun. The Vikings love a lot of under center. A&M loves a lot of shotgun. Did we ever see Kellen Mond under center and I just missed it? Or is that, is that just a totally new thing he has to learn? So that was some, okay. So he did play under center when Kevin Sumlin was there back in 2017. That was the big Okay, thing. so he so, has. 
he has played under center and there was plays where he did play under center for Jimbo Fisher. It just was sporadic. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be something you'll have to because his his footwork, too. There's a lot of extra steps and that makes balls late, which like with Jimbo Fisher, there was so much timing and there's a lot of timing in Minnesota's offense, too. So that's like the, one of the things I think he has to fix the most. Um, but hey, Cole, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Kellen Mond with me. Tell the people where you can find uh, where they can find all your work. Go ahead and follow me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. It's just my name uh, with the Mr. I cover both the NFL and college football for multiple different websites. Uh, did love talking A&M and you can follow us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast six systems locked on Aggies. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right, more Kellen Mond talk for the rest of the show, of course, but first, Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. So, Text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. I also want to talk to you about Gramblin'. Of course, the NBA playoffs are coming up. I'm sure you can get some uh, cash-ins on, on your will-they-won't-they-make-the-playoff bets from the beginning of the season and, of course, start to bet on some of the series. That is always very fun. You can get anything you want to bet on, really, at betonline.ag. They've got uh, horse racing. I know the Kentucky Derby just happened. You can uh, bet on NBA, NHL, MLB. There's even some NFL futures like uh, over-under win totals and stuff and who will be the MVP and all that stuff. UFC and MMA all that stuff bet on whoever jake paul's gonna fight next i don't, I don't know <laughs> you can find all that stuff on betonline.ag set up your free account at betonline.ag uh, on your mobile or on your desktop whatever and when you sign up when you do your first deposit for the money you're actually going to gamble with enter promo code locked on at that screen you will get a 50 percent welcome bonus that means for each hundred bucks you put in as part of your first deposit you get 50 bucks on top of it free play money to gamble with that's my gift to you at betonline.ag so I, I want to follow up on some of the things that we talked about with Cole just then, um, but hopefully that gives you like a, a general sense. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, is production wise, Kellen Mond looks very meh. It's like 216 a game or something like that, like a touchdown or a closer to two touchdowns a game, but like between one and two touchdowns a game um, and really good interception totals, really low interception totals. So you kind of get this vibe looking at him as like this like safe conservative quarterback um, and his accuracy charting per uh, if you look at QB classes, quantifying quarterbacks, uh, if you look at PFF or anybody that does like kind of quarterback charting projects, nobody really likes his accuracy. And if you turn on the tape, you kind of see there's a lot of misses, especially misses to the deep and intermediate areas. He has poor deep accuracy, which is rough for a guy that's supposed to be like a big arm quarterback. Um, so you kind of get this sense of like this, this conservative quarterback that probably should only dink and dunk underneath. And it's like, all right, I guess that's okay for a backup. Um, but that's a shortcut. That production profile is absolutely a shortcut that I refuse to take because when you flip on the tape and you actually watch him, that is not what I see at all. For one, he has zip on the ball. He's not some noodle arm dude that can only throw it seven yards down the field. He can absolutely rifle one in there. Um, and the deep accuracy is a problem, and we'll get to that. 
but he does have arm strength, and his arm strength defines a whole bunch of other parts of his game. Arm strength is a bit of a double-edged sword, as we'll kind of talk about. Um, and now, Cole mentioned, I, I think it's in a part of the interview that I had to cut for time, but he did mention that like his arm kind of dies deep, and that when it gets to that kind of 25-30 yard range, those real bombs down the sideline, he tends to sail them. And uh, again, a, a shortcut is to kind of assume that, well, if you don't have the arm strength, you have to kind of uncork it and throw it with all your might. And it's very much like a golf swing, where if you really swing at the golf swing, you know, you're going to kind of get a slice. Or if you need to really, like, heave it as far as you can, you can't really dial in any precision. You just kind of have to heave it down there. And a lot of times that means you'll overcompensate. You'll throw it too far. This is Teddy Bridgewater did this a lot when he was with the Vikings. Now, I've seen those throws and all those the, the ones where he like kind of sails them deep. I have a different read on it. I think the arm strength itself is fine. I think the ball sails on him because of his mechanics. And these are like learnable things like his the timing of his release, um, kind of loosening up his upper body, although that one doesn't bug me nearly as much as some of the footwork problems that I'm going to talk about here. Um, and I think, you know, kind of retooling those mechanics are all things that are going to take a while to develop in the league. So that's kind of major project number one. Then there's his footwork, which is a totally different can of worms. So when he drops back from shotgun, and by the way, it was almost all from shotgun like we talked about. Um, so learning how to drop back under center is going to be like kind of a thing. Um, but he tends to take extra steps in his drop back. What I mean by that is, you know, you kind of have a three step drop, let's say. So step one, step two, step three. And then he kind of bounces on his feet once to then kind of get like situated. And that extra bounce isn't accounted for in the timing of the play. So if it's a timing thing like a slant or something like that, or, uh, you know, some sort of timing based play design that will throw things off by that extra fraction of a second that fraction of a second totally matters so he's got to get that extra step out and maybe you know learning from under center and coming you know learning dropbacks from a totally new perspective will help kind of reset and kick all those old habits because you know you're you, you can't really apply muscle memory anyways because it's so different um so maybe that that might help but that's like a full reset right so major project number two and on the subject of his footwork uh, again, like golf, you're kind of supposed to align your toes at what you're aiming at. And so if you kind of just like draw a line from one toe to the next and follow that, a lot of times he's misaligning his toes. And so that also contributes to the spotty accuracy charting. Some of those inaccurate balls are because his lower body isn't is misaligned and it's set in the wrong way. But again, with all of these things, his arm strength kind of rescues him. He just zips through it. But if you're zipping through it, that means you're throwing it hard. And like we talked about before, if you're throwing it hard, you have a lot less control over where the ball ends up going. So you have to kind of get rid of that habit of not being really set right, but just sort of zipping through it anyways. You have to learn to dial that back, kind of undo everything and then redo it properly. That's a major project. So we've got two major projects. We've got to kind of fix a lot of his upper body mechanics, fix a lot of his lower body mechanics that will help his accuracy. That's really, really, really hard to do. And even if you do it successfully, it's going to take a while. So we've got two, those two major projects to kind of fix and hone his accuracy. And of course, the Vikings are in a spot where they have the time to spare, right? You got Kirk Cousins under contract for two more years if you can figure out the cap around it. But Kirk Cousins is a remarkably accurate quarterback. It's kind of the whole point of Kirk Cousins is that he always puts the ball where he means to put it. And he's very, very consistent about that. So that's something that Kellen Mond absolutely has to improve upon. You can't just play around that. You can't just like kind of accept that the accuracy will go down in light of other uh, other things because 
because that just means your passing offense is just like gonna get worse. You're just gonna like have fewer completed passes, even if you don't dial anything else out against the offense. So Mond has to fix those things to surpass Kirk Cousins and take that starting job. Now, you don't necessarily have to buy Built Bar, but if you don't buy Built Bar, I will come to your home and I will harass your family. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. We'll see if that becomes a bit. Uh, Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate, low in calorie, low in sugar, high fiber, high protein, even keto friendly, which feels like a miracle because they taste like a candy bar. They come in all kinds of ridiculous flavors like raspberry cheesecake and, uh, you know, coconut brownie chunk, and they've got like chocolate peanut butter and stuff. Really delicious stuff, and it's a an indulgent treat that you don't have to feel that bad about. So go to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, you get 15% off of your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. So we talked a little bit about kind of the mechanics of, of Kellen Mond, but there's also the mental side of things. And like we talked about with Cole, you know, what Texas A&M ran was really similar to what Kellen Mond will have to learn here in Minnesota, and that will really help speed things along and be, you know, one less thing to be learning while all this other stuff has to be fixed, and that'll really help. And here's the thing, when you have a rocket, and he does have a rocket, even though the deep passing isn't there or whatever, but when you have that strength and that zip on the ball, everything's a little bit more forgiving because the ball can get there more quickly and that's less time that defenders have to close and that means that your throwing windows are a little bit bigger and that affords you a little space to be a little bit more inaccurate provided your wide receivers can adjust to the ball not a problem for the vikings so it, it lets you kind of test tighter windows and there are things that are open for kellen mond that other quarterbacks don't necessarily have and that was true like in the college ranks he could just test windows that other quarterbacks couldn't test but there is kind of this like too much of a good thing aspect to it because he was testing those windows he wasn't really like throwing balls that were there and he wasn't reading the play the way the play is supposed to be read say that there's a read you're reading a linebacker and if he goes left you throw to the right and if he goes right you throw to the left right throw to wherever he doesn't go and let's say that linebacker goes to the left well kellen mond would throw it to the left anyways right into that linebacker because he knew he could zip it by that dude's ear hole. And that's not something you can get away with in the NFL. And it's a problem that he shares with Kirk Cousins. So in Kellen Mond's favor, he doesn't need to get perfect at this. He just needs to get kind of less tight window crazy than Kirk Cousins is. And sometimes it's actually a good thing. So we might not even want to get that completely out of his game anyways. But what I think is more concerning about it is that, you know... Kirk Cousins is still reading the play the way the play is meant to be read and is just kind of chancing tighter windows when they arise. For Mond, to me, it doesn't look like he's, you know, reading concepts and defenses. It seems more like he's reading windows. And that might just be the way that he's taught to read these things. Like, that's not necessarily wrong in some offenses, but it does mean that when it's time to learn, you know, okay, against cover three, the read becomes this, against cover two, the read becomes this, and all that stuff, and the way the progression is, um, that leads to a more successful offense then reads that are just kind of one, two, three, four, five. Is he there? No. Is he there? No. Is he there? No. Those one, two, three, four, five reads are all over every NFL playbook, so they still definitely come in handy. But what I want to see from Kellen Mond is more, you know, reading the play the way the play is meant to be read and throwing to the bigger window that is his second read, even if that first read has a window he could technically zip it into. I want to see him decline to try to zip it into a tight window and instead choose a, a more open, you know, easier window. And that doesn't necessarily mean choosing the shorter throw. And I think this also kind of, um, this contributed to his his depth of target thing. So he was like 
a big arm quarterback and he never threw deep. And when he did throw it deep, it was bad. So it was like a big arm quarterback without a without a deep ball. What's the point of that, right? But what I think it was is in in um, Jimbo Fisher's offense, a lot of the one, two, three, four, five reads. Well, the one was always a shallower route, and a lot of that had to do with the personnel he was working with, and the, kind of the the weapons that he had were more like after catch oriented guys. So a lot of times that first read was a shallower read. And he would take that first read kind of no matter what, because he could always zip it in there. And this isn't like staring a guy down or, or the kind of more stereotypical first read only kind of quarterback. And like Cole said, like that wasn't what he was doing. He was actively choosing to throw that ball instead of moving ahead with the progression. He does move ahead with the progression sometimes, like we can see him do it. He's fine at that. But he would just take the first read a lot because he could always fit that throw in. And that would always be a, a lower throw. So he kind of, there were times when there were deeper things open that with more meat on the bone that he would decline. Sound familiar? That's the kind of thing that I, I remember talking about a ton when Stefan Diggs was mad in 2019. And we were kind of figuring, okay, why isn't Cousins throwing this to, to Diggs? And it was always, well, because his first read was that and that was open. So we didn't get anywhere else in the progression because he threw it to the first guy. And so I, I would love to, this is like an opportunity for Kellen Mond to kind of surpass Kirk Cousins in a way if he can be a little bit more holistic in his read and kind of see the best opportunity on the field and not necessarily the first opportunity on the field, then I think you can unlock a lot more. And if he's only seeing that one opportunity, the big, big danger there is that all of those nice, low, safe interception totals are going to balloon like crazy because defenses are going to know that, oh, if he's just looking at, you know, if he's just throwing at who looks open, well, I can bait that. And I can lurk and I can kind of find a way to make that guy look like he has more space than break on the ball a lot faster than he was used to in college. And that's going to cause a lot of interceptions. So here's the thing. I think Kellen Mond needs to throw some interceptions. He needs to learn some lessons the hard way. So if you see headlines coming out of camp that Kellen Mond has thrown six interceptions today, for my money, that's good news. That means he's testing and learning what he can and can't test. And he's sort of pushing the limits and, and like limit testing. That is a good, healthy exercise for Kellen Mond to go through, I want to see him take dumb chances in camp and in preseason before it matters. I want to see him do those things and get picked off a bunch and have his welcome to the NFL moment while we're all still in exhibition. So look, if you can get him reading the play the way you want the play to be read, and if you can fix his lower body, his footwork issues, then I think you probably have a starting quality quarterback. And then what you unlock there, and this is the thing that he really gives you over Kirk Cousins that he kind of comes right out of the box with, is that improbability and that mobility, right? And I mean, Jimbo Fisher ran like option plays with him. Like he can run and and be used as a runner, like on purpose in a way you just cannot do that with Kirk Cousins, who I think has more speed than I think he gets credit for, but it's not going to ever be like a part of Kirk's game. It's a part of Kellen Mond's game, and it's why he gets all those Colin Kaepernick comps. So if you can run the option, that's like a whole new dimension that makes you so much harder to defend if you can get him good enough at the other stuff to get him on the field and playing at a starting quality level, then he gets to be better than Kirk Cousins because he has that mo that mobile aspect and he gives you option plays and the improvisational ability. When you misread the play and then the play breaks down, or if you, you know, move the wrong way in the pocket, which I don't really think is a problem for Mond at all, but if you do and you ruin a block or something like that, or if the line just fails, we sure are familiar with that, and suddenly there's pressure and you have to break the play and kind of run around and play schoolyard, that's where the worst of Kirk Cousins comes out, right? That's where you get boneheaded interceptions and weird fumbles and, and you know, total Benny Hill stuff with... Mond, that's where you kind of get the best of him. And that's where you get these just 
eye-popping, uh, off-platform, falling-down total strikes that look... I mean, people are like, that's a Rodgers throw. And he does have, like, Rodgers throws on his tape. Mahomes throws on his tape. They don't always come up, of course, but otherwise he probably would have gone in the top five. But it's there. And that is, I think, the exciting thing about Kellen Mond. The problem is, to unlock that, to get access to that skill set, you need to be able to run a regular NFL offense with him. And, of course, he's just not there yet. I don't think anybody thinks that he is. I don't even know if Kellen Mond thinks that he's there yet, right? And I think the frustrating part of all this, to kind of look at it more holistically, is if Cousins comes out in the first four games and just, like, lays eggs, and he just, like, has some of his worst games, as he is wont to do if he is the most chaotic version of Kirk Cousins, you don't, like, get to turn to Kellen Mond because he's just not ready. There's just too many major problems with this game, and he's just going to throw just as many interceptions, right? So keep that in mind when you're in season and it's the moment and Kirk Cousins just threw an interception. I don't want to see cameras cutting over to Kellen Mond as if he's waiting in the wings to get his start because he's a long way away. There's three major projects here. You've got to kind of fix his uh, accuracy mechanics. You've got to fix his extra step and footwork and his timing parts of his mechanics. And you've got to fix the way he reads plays. That's three gigantic parts of playing quarterback that just aren't ready yet that not only do does he need to learn new skills there but he needs to unlearn bad habits there so you have to undo everything strip it down bare and then rebuild it the way that you want it and then you unlock all this other ability this speed this arm strength and all this kind of these these uh raw tools that that then you get to work with so you can just call that okay he's raw and maybe he comes along in two years if you want but i think it, it probably helps us if we have a better understanding of exactly what we're looking for here and look it gets a lot rawer than kellen mond he can do a progression he can look off a of safety he can do some of those basic things and he has that kind of like mental side of the game down right now he just has a habit of making the first read decision far too often when he shouldn't make the first read decision by the way um as a whiteboard guy like the sean mannion thing apparently he like uh, coaches just swear by him so he does provide that as a backup and i do think that was probably really important to the vikings but like it is entirely in kellen mon's court and i don't i've seen this framing a couple times from from like big newspapers and stuff and i don't like it i don't like Kirk Cousins is now on notice, and if Kirk Cousins slips up, Kellen Mond is in. That's not the way this works. It is, if Kellen Mond is good, then Kirk Cousins is on notice. But right now, Kirk Cousins is under no immediate jeopardy at all, and he can feel free to be as chaotic as he wants. So lower your expectations. If Kirk Cousins stinks, Mond is not going in. Not yet. Maybe we get there sometime in 2022 if we're lucky. But for now, it, it just has to be a kind of swing for the fences that they took with a pick that they kind of got because they traded down. And for that, I don't think I love it. But that's a totally separate conversation, one we just don't have time to talk about today. So we'll talk tomorrow. Is uh, Twitter Tuesday tomorrow? So send your questions at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter or at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. There's also a Google form in the show notes, or you can just send an email to Locked On Vikings Podcast at gmail.com. Get your questions in, and we will all come back tomorrow and I will answer your questions. And as always, skull. <laughs>